What's your name, sir? RJ Crone, but uh, I make records under RJD2. You sure as hell do. Ladies and gentlemen, what you're about to listen to is an experiment. We welcome you to an interview that almost didn't take place. The gentleman that introduced himself earlier is a pioneer. Hailing from Columbus, Ohio, RJD2 introduced us to sounds that we didn't know existed in patterns we thought were out of bounds. You want to know how this interview went down? Let me set the scene. Summertime. Location, Baltimore. He was in town to perform at the Moonrise Festival. Dressed in a peach short-sleeved button-down with salmon-coloured shorts to match, he looked as if he were attending a nephew's third birthday party. Madcap ran into him backstage and asked him to do an interview. He agreed to do so after his set. Once his set had finished, understandably he'd, well, forgotten. Madcap brazenly went on stage as he was packing up his things and reminded him that an interview was to go down. RJ was apologetic, a gentleman he is. I'm sorry I fucked up, he said. Unwilling to back down and after constant reassurance that his travel arrangement, a fancy golf cart, would indeed wait for him to complete the interview, he agreed to chat. Therefore, without further ado, Here's our interview with the great mind, body, and spirit known as RJD2. And we're here at Moonrise Festival. You just rocked this uh, stage that's behind us. How, how did you think the performance went? Um, it was fun. I enjoyed it. Uh, it was a good crowd. It was a little rough around the edges, but that's... I'm actually okay with that, because part of what I... The way that I've formatted my the, the, these shows when I'm by myself is is in a manner in which they're kind of ripe for mistakes in a way. Like I like there's got to be some element of risk involved for me to feel comfortable. Um, I, I would just get I, I would lose my mind if I was if things were so if there was such a safety net that you couldn't yeah. make a mistake. You know, so using records. Oh, there's a lot of things that rely on the MPC. There's a lot of things that, yeah, I'm, I'm literally banging on pads to keep time on something, or I'm um, sections where I have to like load a program on yeah. the sampler before. And it's just ripe for mistakes, you know. And it's kind of like an old, antiquated style of DJing. <laughs> Can you talk about how pivotal uh, risk taking and mistakes mistakes are in the creative process? Well, for this, it's you know, like like for example, the suit that I came out, I started the show in, um, the lights, well, I didn't, I, I could not have predicted this, but in, you know, when I sat, when I line checked, it was working fine, but they, they, they wheel out the tables and then they wheel a light thing in front of that. So now when I go out to the front of the stage, there's this big LED light thing that's like a wall between me and the receiver because mm. the, the remote thing, the, the suit, I'm wearing this remote thing that controls the MP, the sampler. Uh-huh. And so if it can't receive... RF okay. from the, 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 the remote, then it drops out and stuff. So that's why I think that the, the suit kind of malfunctioned. Basically, it was so flags that, and drops. And, and that's a perfect example where it's like, 
you know, it, it, there's risk there, and and sometimes you know you get the bear, and sometimes the bear gets you. And tonight, the for oh. that portion, the bear got me, and I'm okay with that because <laughs> I honestly I, I I don't you know I I have to have something like that to just to stay on my toes, and also I don't I frankly don't mind if a crowd sees a mistake in a context of I don't mean this is to to denigrate anyone else, but you know a lot of electronic music is precise and exact and you know and so if i end up being the guy that's a little rough around the edges i'm okay with that but you're also the funky guy you're also the hip-hop guy and you're also the guy to whom people can actually dance which is a wonderful change of pace to a lot of these <laughs> festival sets how, and, and how do you dance like what, what, what song makes you sway oh, two steps <laughs> is that what you do when you're creating oh, okay, do, do, do not you, when I'm creating in the club <laughs> doing that same old two step oh, yeah that's yep working the walls you know, you, yeah you put some Tina Marie on and you just get me going anyway so we, we, we digress so one of our stable questions <laughs> is we read somewhere in the Paris Review that every great artist secretly performs for an audience of one. All right, so besides self, who is one person in your life that you've always kind of wanted to impress as you as you've evolved? Oh, I don't. I I personally interpret that audience of one as being for your for oneself and okay. oneself only. Okay. Um, I think as soon as it's uh, to me, there's a delineation between making yourself happy mm -hmm. and making other people happy and anyone that's other than yourself to me it could be one person it could be a million it's to some degree it's all the same okay you know so i don't i can't say i i you know especially in a performance like then like i'm just trying to not make an ass of myself really <laughs> i'm not trying i'm you trying didn't, you were an ass at all so, so. i'm just you know that's that's where my you know that's what you I mean, it's, it's am I really was interested to speak to you because, I mean, we've loved your music for years and years, right? Thanks. So, D Dead Ringer came okay. out how many years ago? 12, Twelve years. And you're still out here killing it. You're still relevant. What is it like to watch the scene that you were a part of grow like skyscrapers um, in that I intervening mean, it's grown time? So it's it's inspiring in in ways because, I mean, my first instinct when I see a festival lineup like this is I, I, I'm, I'm really happy that instrumental music came as far as weirdo. I mean, this is, you know, in the grand scheme of things, pretty left field music. So, you know, uh, I, I'm, I'm just surprised and amazed and thrilled that, you know, even if it's not, doesn't aesthetically have a whole lot to do with exactly what I do. It, it doesn't come from the same pedigree as what I do aesthetically. You know, in terms of the grand scheme of like pop music and rock music and blues and jazz and so on and so forth, this is fairly esoteric music. And so the fact that there's, you know, tens of thousands of people coming to festivals to see that, that's cool. That's, it's, uh, you know, inspiring. When did you know you wanted to be an artist and how did your environment respond to this? Um, it just kind of happened, you know? I, I can't say that I'd, I ever really wanted to be an artist, frankly. I wanted to make a record. Okay, okay. But I didn't, I didn't, I'm not one of these guys that like sat when they were, you know, had a poster of whoever, yeah. Big Daddy Kane on the wall or whatever, who cares, yeah. something, you know what I mean, on their wall and was like, oh, I want to, when I grow up, I want to, you know, I want to be important and do important things. It was nothing like that. It was more like, you know, I, I, I kind of fell into the local hip hop scene in Columbus, Ohio, and that just led to 
it was just a you know a, incrementally a, a bunch of small steps you know uh -huh. at first I just wanted to be able to DJ in front of people and feel comfortable and then after I was able to do that then I wanted to you know win a battle and then once I did that then I wanted to make a record you know what I mean then at a point you you know and it's just a, a, a series of small achievements where, for me where was that battle uh, it was at a place called the um, the Columbus Convention Center. It was in 1997. In you remember it like it was yesterday. I do, actually. I really do. It was the first, I, I think it, it was the first, like, pat on the back type of, like, you know, it was the first moment that, that there was any kind of reassurance, like, hey, you might be able to do this, really. Right. And, I mean, you make music that, that evokes emotion from people, makes you want to dance, makes you want to think, puts you in certain moods. What have people told you over the years about the impact that you've made on their lives through your music? Man, some of the most amazing stuff. It's really incredible, honestly. I, I've had, I've had grown men cry when they tell me the story of like the impact that my records have had. I've had numerous people tell me that they basically say that they, they, they you know, their, their words is usually, I wouldn't have made it without your records. Um, I mean, it's amazing. It's humbling. It's very, very humbling. Have you teared up from that from that knowledge? Um, I, I mean, I've I've gotten it's it's a, it'll be emotional sometimes when people. I mean, guys are really, you know, it, it, it really, it's a you can see it and you can feel it in their voice and everything. It, it's 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 a very intense thing, and it's and it's it's not something that I would have expected. It kind of takes you, you know, I'm a little bit taken aback because I'm, you know, it's not kind of comes out of left field yeah. in, a, in a very good way yeah. um, but it's always very humbling you know. right and my, my last question is so yeah. two songs one uh, one that's that's yours that you want to play out, out yourself in this interview and another funky one that you can think of completely in the world of music that you want to have in this in this piece oh um, if you're gonna pick something in this interview of mine I probably go with something off of my last record, my newest record, just because I'm the least bored of it, um, and that's just the way things work for me. Um, More is than isn't. Yeah, um, maybe, maybe any of the suites. There's like there's three suites that tie the record together, and, and the, they're actually kind of close to my heart, if you will. And then another song? Oh gosh, I don't know. Uh, you're wearing a Funkadelic shirt, so I'm gonna pick a Funkadelic song. Um, hit it and quit it. Excellent. Madcap is produced by Daniel Bloom, David Ross, Afim Shapiro, and Juice Nadeke. Snadeke moves up in the world. Our intern is Christy Newen, madcapdc.org, on Facebook and Twitter at MadcapDC. RJD2, you've been very generous with us. We thank you so much. Thank you. Appreciate it. Thank you.